You're listening to You Talk Radio with Steve, Larissa, and Katie on the web at utalkradio.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to You Talk. I'm in the studio with Steve and Katie. Hey, hey Larissa. We want to hear from you, so give us a call at 1 855 50 Utah. That's 1 855 508 8255. All right, guys. What's one of the most frustrating things you've experienced in the past few days? People that are stopped way back from other cars in line at a red light. They drive me nuts. It's like you can squeeze two or three cars or a semi or, okay, I'm exaggerating, but it just drives me crazy. And they're almost always on their phone, texting or talking. Oh, the worst is too, like if you're in it, you're the last car in that intersection and you see that gap and oh, like yeah. your car's sticking out and you're like, Come on, like move yeah, up, pull move up. up. Yeah. Or if you so, miss getting through that mm-hmm. light because of people like this. Oh, yeah. It frustrates me. It's very frustrating. You know what's also frustrating to me? I can't stand it when people are texting on their phones while they're crossing the street because I feel like they're not paying attention and they're going to get hit. And sometimes, you know, they're just oblivious to everything around them. And you're like, you're on the phone texting, crossing a dangerous intersection. What are you thinking? I saw that this week. I actually had to stop my car because it's like this. they just started walking and I'm driving and I'm like, okay, like you're going to walk in front of me or I'm going to hit you if I don't stop. But they don't even look. It's just like they just go. Yeah. And that's part of the problem is they're not paying attention to whether the light's green for them or whether it's a go for them or what it is. They're just oblivious. And is the text really that important? Exactly. All of that's frustrating to me. But also I, I've noticing this a lot this week. I am so frustrated with over dramatic people <laughs> like drama queens yes like they and put kings. every little thing on social media and it's like i got a sprained ankle like i'm gonna die and i was at the doctors and they wouldn't give me drugs for it when i wanted drugs and i'm like well then maybe you didn't need the drugs like it's just i don't need to know and it's like my brace isn't fitting and it's like getting red marks on me and i'm like i really don't care like that happens to a lot of people you don't have to be so dramatic about it like really it's just ridiculous what people put up well that and then of course when they're posting their breakfast and i had a bagel i had yogurt i don't care don't waste my time with that one of my friends does that with every single meal and it makes me really hungry when i see that (laughs) it's like like i have people like on snapchat every single thing or it's like they take one bite and then they snap again then they take another bite then they snap again i'm like do i really need to see the whole course of your meal on snapchat right now katie is it little bite or big bite sometimes it's like a little bite and sometimes like i had one person like they did their whole like eating a pizza it was like we ate a slice We ate another slice. We ate another slice. And it was like showing the pizza go down. I'm like, do I really need to know that you ate your whole pizza? Do I really care? I'm glad you're having pizza. Like, do I need to see that? Probably not. No. 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 We want to know how you handle frustration. You can reach out to us on uh, Facebook, just at Utah Radio. Or you can go to our website, utahradio.com. And you can also text us. Text the word Utah to 411-247 with your response. How about you, Steve and Larissa? How do you handle frustration? Well, I throw things. <laughs> okay. Oh, good to know. Yes, back up. Okay, no, seriously, though, 
I actually feel like when I grab like a pillow now things that I do I can't break like breaking things is bad because then I feel bad about that afterwards but you know because I was <laughs> grabbing a pillow and just launching it across the room when you're frustrated it just makes you feel better and I don't harm anything do in the you process. ever like punch the pillow too yeah sometimes I do or I'll just take the pillow and like you know throw it against the wall and you know throw it against the door or something and again you know I'm not that strong so it doesn't break apart or anything so <laughs> the pillow is not no pillows were harmed in this the making oh, of that's this good frustration to know. Okay. so that especially <laughs> since you know everybody is hearing us you know what I do I like to sit behind my drums just grab my sticks and just play away just rock out whether I'm just doing a solo or play into an mp3 it really helps to release this I guess negative frustrated energy. Well, and you're hitting something too. Yeah, I'm hitting yeah. something. You know, I, I am, and I'm stronger than you are, Larissa. So, but I'm also not making noise. Those of you who call drummers noise makers, I'm making music. How about you, Katie? I have different things I like to do. A lot of times, though, the main thing I do is just vent to people. Like I'll text my friends and be like, "Oh, I can't believe this happened," and. Or they'll, they love to vent to me and then we kind of just vent together and we get it all out. And we're like, just get it all out. And then we feel so much better the next day. So it's like a venting session. It is. On texting. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> well we still want to give you the opportunity to let us know how you handle frustration. Uh, reach out to us on Facebook, on our website, or send us a text. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to You Talk Radio. You Talk Radio with Steve. My mouth is always running. You know, I think I've got the gift of gab. Larissa. What's the meaning of life, right? <laughs> That's right. You are the intellectual songwriter. Isn't that what yeah. you said? Yes. <laughs> and Katie. I am not a role model. Well, let me take that back. I think anybody. <laughs> well, no, wait a minute. You can't take it back. You Talk. Taking your questions at 855-50-U-TALK. 855-508-8255. It's U-TALK Radio. We really appreciate you guys commenting on what we're talking about, how you handle frustration. I'm going to read a few texts that we got in. Listening to music, that's from one person. Oh, cool. Another person says, taking it out on my little bro. Ooh, I don't think that's a good idea. No, no, no. no. I think your parents are going to be really, really mad at you. And uh, here's another one, uh, going for a run. That's kind of what Katie said about working out. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a few there. And, uh, you know, you guys, if we didn't read yours, keep sending them in. You can send us through Facebook or other social media. Go to our website, utalkradio.com. And, of course, you can also text us. All right, Katie, we've got something coming up called Street Talk. Tell us about it. Yeah, so sometimes we take a mic out when we see a bunch of people and we give them a chance to ask us questions and you never know what they're going to ask. <laughs> Scary. Street talk. Hey, my name is Bob and uh, I'm wondering why weed is treated as, in some societies, in some schools, why is it treated as, you know, as a hard drug such as like cocaine and heroin? Why is it looked at the same as that? And obviously it is not. Well, thanks, Bob, for that question. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a complex question. You know, it's yeah. it's legal. Marijuana is now legal in certain states like Colorado, and that brings in millions for schools. And it's recently become legal in California, um, which they call recreational, um, yeah. as opposed to medicinal. <laughs> um, in some places, you can still get it with a prescription. Uh, and I think... You know, there are a lot of laws that are changing in terms of how they treat it because it's not as harsh of a drug as cocaine or heroin, like you mentioned. Um, at the same time, you know, it's still something that alters your mind. Yep. It definitely does. And, and it alters your health. 
Okay, what about medicinal marijuana? Let's uh, go to our fact girl, not fat, but F-A-C-T. Katie, do you have some facts for us on medicinal weed? Yeah, did you guys know that the first legal medical cannabis dispensary has grossed uh, $16 million a year? Wow. Wow. That's a lot of weed. That's a lot of green. Well, that business is really booming. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it really is. And uh, so do you guys know the significance of the date 420? Something about unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. It's actually... To marijuana users, it's like Halloween. It's their big like holiday, marijuana holiday, 420. Do they like dress up and everything? Or they I, sh- I shouldn't say that because some people take it very seriously. Yeah, no, they don't dress up, but they go from dispensary to dispensary and they collect like the freebies, like Halloween. Like candy. Yeah, Seriously? it's like candy to them. Like, they go all around and like they just get all the freebies. And like this one, the River City Phoenix one, that on 420, they handed out vouchers for pizza and tacos, and they gave goodie bags with pre-rolled joints, a gram of bud, <laughs> and edibles, and then people would go from dispensary to dispensary picking up other freebie bags full of stuff. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess, uh, I sure hope, like, you know, five-year-olds weren't going on these runs. <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, grade schoolers. Yeah, it, Interesting is a good yeah. word, Larissa. It is. But I was reading this article and it said that it was like, I don't think it was like young kids, but it was all like anybody that had a medical card. And they said it was more middle aged and elderly than like uh, younger people. Really? That so were doing a bunch it. of people on wheelchairs were going to dispensary, dispensary, <laughs> picking yeah. up these freebies. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you guys. Do you know what the people that like work at these places are called? Budsters. Close. Larissa, any guesses? Weedsters? No. Did you know you can actually get a degree in it? Like they're trying to make a degree for it? Really? Yeah. Whoa. Where you can go and you are called a bud tender. Bud uh, cool. uh, I was close. Do I get a prize anyway because I was close? You were close. Okay. And you know to be an official licensed bud tender, you go through 2,000 hours of training. You learn safety, wow. packaging, patient verification, business practices, the different um, types of marijuana and what each does. You know, there's some that's like just purely to get high. There's some for pain. There's some that's going to like uh, affect your upper half, some that's going to so affect is, like your body. So this is sounding like a future career for you because you're, you're sounding like an expert now. <laughs> yeah, really, Katie? <laughs> no, I just did some research. So <laughs> No, this, you know, it's interesting, but we got to remind our listeners, you're still talking about medicinal weed medical marijuana you're not talking about the recreational stuff no well i think you know one one thing is with all that money bringing in at least if it's legal there's taxes being paid on it hopefully and um maybe that can be put to good use but i'm still a little bit on the fence about it being like okay for everyone because it's you could still get it like arrested for a dui or whatever because it's still altered so i mean having too much of it it's not good for your brain it's not good for your health i mean in some instances if you have an issue it can be helpful but then if you don't too much use of it can affect a lot of things that affect your uh driving it can affect your 
workplace performance, too. Oh, yeah. You know, we also haven't talked about uh, the consequences, long-term consequences. It's it's easy, you know, to say, hey, this should be legalized, and, and you know, I don't know where you stand on that. That's a that's a whole nother discussion. But what about long-term consequences uh, for those who don't need it for medicinal purposes? What's it going to cost our society? Um, you know, I, I'll liken it to, to drinking and driving. You know, obviously, alcohol is, is legal, but like anything else, when it's abused, it's costly. So uh, I guess that's my concern. And, and uh, Larissa and Katie, maybe we have to have, I, I think we're going to have to have a, another discussion on this, at least one, because uh, it's not going anyplace. What are the consequences? Have we thought through those choices and, and the implications of of uh, legalizing weed and, and uh, where we're going to go with this? Uh, yeah, tax dollars, but, but what else is there? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's worth more of the debate. You know, not everything is all fun and games when you look down the road. Yeah, <laughs> no, not, not at, all. at all. Well, we've shared a little bit about our thoughts, and now we want to know your take on the weed issue. You can reach out to us on social media at Utah Radio, or you can go to our website, which is utahradio.com, and let us know what you're thinking. We'll be back with more Utah Radio right after this. You talk, we, we listen. listen. Call us at 855-50-U-Talk. 855-508-8255. It's You Talk Radio. You're listening to You Talk Radio with Steve, Larissa, and Katie. Hey, we've been getting some uh, feedback from some of you via social media and, and uh, texting, and, and we appreciate that about the weed issue. So keep that stuff coming to us. We are definitely going to be doing another show on this topic. Obviously, this is not going anyplace, but we're going to switch gears just a little bit right now. Uh, do you guys ever struggle with getting motivated, being able to motivate yourself? I mean, I'll kind of start things off here, okay? I wake up in the morning, and I I know what I need to do. I know I I need to get my lazy bum out of bed, get my running shoes on and hit the road. But I try to convince myself I don't need to or tomorrow, tomorrow. And unfortunately, procrastinator. Oh, yes. I know what I need to do. I know how to do it. And you know what's funny is I enjoy it in this case. I do enjoy it. It makes me feel better. But I've got that motivated deficiency factor, whatever it is. What about you guys? Is there a vitamin for that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I asked my doctor. Great? Yeah. Just take a pill and it's like, you're just motivated for like the next month and you just get so much done. Well, then let's, let's invent make a, one. They'd make a killing off of that vitamin. Let's, they that's would. our million dollar idea. There it's you a go. Utah motivational vitamin. one 855 talk. And if you buy one today, we'll send you a second one free. It sounds like an infomercial. I know, it does. <laughs> I, I get you. I feel you. The mornings are hard for me. I am not a morning person. So me neither. To get motivated is sometimes difficult. I mean, there's certain things like knowing what I want to accomplish and that satisfaction when you do, you know, accomplish something is is sometimes good motivation. But, you know, on a daily basis, I, I, I got to confess, especially if it's a cloudy day, it's hard for me to to get moving. You know, a body at rest stays in rest sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Now I don't feel alone. Okay, that's Lots good. Lots of physics, you know? Yes. How about you? Absolutely. I am with both of you. It's, some days it's just so hard for me to just get motivated. But then other days I'm like, wow, I wish I could wake up like this every day. And I'm just like, I have so many things to do and I'm going to do it. And I just do it. And I'm like, wow, this is really a nice change. And but you didn't even take a pill. No, and I did it. Oh, wow. It was just, I Amazing. woke up and I was like, I'm going to get stuff done because I just feel really motivated today. And I'm like, why can't that be like every day? I think though that you mentioned something 
Steve, about this. And I think that was a really good idea. It's like taking the first step. It's like, you know what you need to do, but it's always like that first step in anything. So does that work with motivation too? Like, do you like, okay, I know I need to, you know, like if you have a school paper or something, I know I need to write it. So does it write like, one sentence? Yeah, it's like, that's the and first then the step. Next yes. sentence. Well, and I don't know if you guys have heard this. I mean, I don't really know the source. I, I, I keep thinking it's an ancient proverb of some sort, but the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. First step, a thousand. What if you just have like two steps to go? Well, then, then you're halfway there. Yeah. You're halfway there, exactly. But it, <laughs> the idea is taking that first step, whatever it is, exercise, writing a paper, whatever it happens to be. Well, we actually have a text from Shane, and I think we've kind of answered some of his question a little bit, but he wants to know, how do I get motivated when I don't feel like it? Does music motivate you guys? How about that? Music definitely yeah. motivates me, you know, if it's like energetic and pumped up. Definitely. Okay, Larissa, what are those songs? Give us a couple songs that motivate you. As soon as you hear them, you're motivated. I feel like I can't fly. Not I believe I can't touch the sky. Oh, I'm alive. Uh, those of you listening that don't under- <laughs> recognize that song, that actually is is uh, one of Larissa's songs. It is an amazing song. It's being played in clubs all over North America. And uh, it's it's a very cool song to play, by the way, Larissa, because I love playing drums to that and percussion. It's fun. It's a little... I mean, but honestly, I wrote the song because I needed to be motivated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to add another song into this mix. So it, this is, goes like way back. It's throwback, fallback, but it's the theme from Rocky. How did we know that was going to come up from him? Hey, did you guys know that I actually went to Philly? And I ran up those steps that Rocky Balboa ran up and I went up to the top and I was doing the dance around and there was family members there going, you are embarrassing us. I bet you're not the only one to do that, though. I bet there was a bunch of other dads doing that. Well, I like to think of myself as (laughs) the only one doing it. I mean, I was at that point, you know. Everybody wants to be Rocky. Oh, yeah. At least that's a guy. (laughs) (laughs) What, What about you, Katie? Do you have other songs that motivate you? Songs that make you want to dance, kind of like party songs, I guess. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. How about Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars? That's a good one. I I actually like his new one. I don't know what it's called, but he's talking about like strawberry champagne and roses. Oh, that one, yes. yes. That one, like, is is just the beat. All his songs have a really good beat, and they're kind of motivating. How about another throwback one, Katie? How about Respect by Aretha Franklin? That makes you dancing. Get you moving. Mm -hmm. I I want to hear you sing that, Steve. (laughs) Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. Yeah. Okay. Steve, you know, it's actually Steve can sing. Um, We were all on an album together. Yes. We are one. We are one. More more shameless self promotion. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Motivation. But I think if you really want to be motivated, I think the best motivating factor is just seeing those goals and kind of going for it. And I think also you need friends to help you with motivation. Well, we have a lot more coming up on our show, so stay with us. Next, we're going to be talking with an Emmy award-winning broadcaster about overcoming abuse and poverty. Don't go anywhere. This is You Talk. This this is This is You Talk Radio. This is You Talk Radio with Steve, Larissa, and Katie. Steve, you always meet such interesting people, and I <laughs> and I know you met this person at a media dinner in D.C., 
Why is her story so compelling? Uh, Larissa, Katie, I had a chance to meet uh, somebody named Hattie Kaufman. And as she started to share her story at this media dinner, I just, I, I was wanting to jump out of my seat because I needed to talk to her to say, you've got to be on Utah. We've got to share your story. And, you know, I'm doing some research on her, looking her up the other day. And did you know Hattie Kaufman? She's like a really big broadcaster. She yeah. won a really? lot of awards and everything. Yeah. She's been on CBS Evening News, the ABC Good Morning America. And this is a really cool fact about her. She's the first Native American to ever file a report on a national network. Isn't that cool? Wow. That's awesome. That's yeah. pretty yeah. impressive. Very cool. And she's also the author of an award-winning book called Falling Into Place. Wow, I'm excited to talk with Hattie. We've got Hattie on the line right now. Hattie, you and I had a chance to meet in Washington, D.C. I heard you speak. Uh, the, the, the thing that really stuck with me is you said you went through life carrying two bags. Hattie, what were those two bags you carried around? <laughs> Rage and tears. Oh. And, you know, they didn't start that way. They didn't start as bags. They started as kind of fuel engines. I didn't want to... Um, live in poverty. I'd grown up with, uh, you know, just hunger, basically, seven mm. kids, alcoholic parents. And, oh. you know, it left me with rage and tears. But at the time, I just wanted to get away from that. And so I, I worked really hard in my career on television. But eventually, you're, these little jet engines became heavy bags that I was logging around because I really needed to, to forgive and to, mm. to get clear of that. Wow. So all the way back to your childhood, you you had started, I guess, accumulating stuff in your bags? (laughs) Sure. I mean, at age four, okay, at age four, I was in charge of three little ones younger than me. There were seven kids. Whoever was oldest was the boss. And at age four, I was suddenly the boss one day. (laughs) And I had three younger ones and everybody was hungry and there was nothing in the house to eat, not a drop of food. The little kids are crying. In the, in the fridge, I find an empty jar of jam, but I'm able to scoop a little bit of my fingernail and put it in my mouth. Right then, the baby starts crying, and I felt so guilty. Mm. So at age four, you can start carrying baggage at that young of an age. You can start to feel shame or embarrassment or guilt is what I had oh. then. You know, and then later, you know, become a teenager, and it becomes anger, because that's not fair. Why didn't they take better care of us? And so right. you can have anger yeah. feeling you. So were you mainly mad at your parents or was it just it started going to other people as well? Well, at first, I think you're mad at your parents, but, you know, kids always want to defend their parents and say everything's okay, everything's fine, particularly in homes with, you know, alcohol or or that kind of thing where you're trying to hide and Mm -hmm. um, protect them. And so that anger turns out at other people and it can turn to anger at yourself for no reason at all. You can be angry at yourself. Unfortunately, I think a lot of times people have all this kind of stew inside and they don't even know why. So what was that turning point for you then, like where you started to realize that you couldn't live like this anymore? Well, maybe I was a teenager and I I started to think, you know, I knew I was never, never wanted to be poor. Uh, I got my first job at age 15 by lying and saying I was 16. And, you know, I was a workaholic (laughs) from then on. Just a cautionary tale. We do not endorse lying to get your first job. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. But you see, that was like my just, I mean, even as a little kid, I mean, I just, I just never wanted to repeat. And so I just was scrambling. Um, the trouble is when you're scrambling by your fingernails trying to get ahead in life, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of that stuff can go by the wayside, the honor, integrity, all mm. that kind of thing. So were you, <laughs> it takes putting you down in, those bags before you can grab those. Hattie, were ones. you in school at this time and still taking care of younger siblings and trying to work and, and all of this? Oh, I was in school, yes. And, you know, we all, every one of us, uh, seven kids, 
help take care of the others that were younger. Uh-huh. I really credit my older brother and older sister, uh, John and Lily, because they, they provided a lot of stability. Mm. Um, we were not... What is that crazy novel where the, the, the kids all go wild? Lord of the Flies. It wasn't that, you know. Thanks in part to my John and my Lily, the older brother, older sister. You know, and I remember even as a little kid, they said, okay, let's pray before we have our, our dinner. You know, so they had an impact. They huh. were able to instill some humility and uh, gratitude when, you know, that would counter the rage and tears that I was building up inside. Wow. wow. Now, how do you, you have become very successful, so many accolades uh, that we could talk about. You've got a, an amazing book uh, called Falling Into Place. If you could say something to someone today that is struggling with these bags in their life, maybe it's not a bag of of rage and tears. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's hate. Maybe it's all mixed up. How do we deal with this? How How do we get rid of these bags? Well, for me, it was coming to faith. I mean, I realized once, once I was able to kind of surrender and realize I can't carry it all on my own, that was mm-hmm. when I was suddenly free. And it also, my anger at my parents continued on in my adulthood, my 20s, my 30s, really? my 40s. It wasn't mm. until really I came to faith at age 52 that I could say, oh, I forgive them. Yeah, I forgive my parents, and because I realized I needed forgiveness too. So, it, I hope that anybody listening doesn't have to wait until they're in their fifties. <laughs> you can I, find it much younger than that. I was just going to say that it's like I hope some of us or some people that are listening will, you know, maybe learn from that lesson that waiting that long is not good. And, and like, what were some of the negative, like I think, you know, results of carrying those bags? Like, what behavior or maybe some consequences that you saw? Well, I was. Um, alone, you know, even in the midst of a crowd. Because if you're walking around with rage inside of you, you're not letting anybody get very close because you're just kind of tamping that down. So the downside is loneliness. Mm. That's the trouble when you're hauling these bags around is they end up, you know, gathering more moss around them of negativity. Yeah. Wow. And and when you don't have anybody close around you, of course, you had your older brother and sister you mentioned, but you need friends. You need a community, really, uh, of, of people that, that you can count on that, that will help you, and especially when you're dealing with uh, forgiveness issues. But, but great. Anything else that comes to your mind that, that was one of those down things that, that uh, Larissa mentioned? Back to you need a community. One thing I've learned is that when you share one of these secrets that you're hiding, it immediately opens doors to others around you to share their own pain. Uh, and somehow yeah. you can have this connection and healing that goes way beyond yourself. Oh, wow. So yeah. I would definitely recommend just, you know, being honest with folks. That's a hard thing to do, though, isn't it? It's um, especially when you don't want people to know, you don't want to let people inside. Right. And it's a hard thing to do if you're trying to put on the face of, I got it. I got this. Mm. You know, I got it. Don't worry. Mm. You know, that kind of bravado. <laughs> yes. And that might serve you for a little while, but it doesn't serve you for the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, what is one thing, or I guess it could be a couple things, that you wish your teenage self knew that you know now? Boy, you don't have to automatically follow the bad example. I mean, it's so funny. As a little kid, I thought, I'm not going to, you know, be like them. And yet at 13, I started to drink, you know, I, and you're, it's unconscious. I mean, it took me a while to realize, wait, I'm huh. following. I'm mm. doing exactly yeah. what I said I wouldn't yeah. do, mm. you know. And um, so I had to go through my own pain, which is the most wonderful thing about forgiveness is you realize you're not just forgiving your parents. And then you think, oh, I need forgiveness, too. 
I made some decisions that were bad, too, and I can, you know, get free of that as well. As a teenager, I also wish that I, I knew that uh, I didn't have to prove, I didn't have to put on that shell and be tough. Mm. It was as if being tough somehow protected me, and mm. what I've learned mm. is, you know, being vulnerable is actually the, the greatest way to connect with other humans. Oh, that's good. Uh-huh. Now, Hattie, if somebody wants to uh, get a hold of your book or learn more about you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Oh, you can find HattieKaufman.com online, and you okay. can find out where I am and what I'm doing. You know, I, the thing that I found um, is sort of a natural connection here is going through suffering, learning from it, healing from it, can help other people. Mm. I mean, I had a book signing down in um, Texas, and I was outside Dallas, and I'm sitting there, and here I am with my book, and you know, nobody's really coming up on this particular day, but there was <laughs> a young guy in the Barnes & Noble, and he's walking around, and he's got a, like an orange mohawk, and he's just, you know, in his, you know, just walking around. And finally he came up to me, and I was thinking, what is this guy, how would he ever connect with me? You know, middle-aged, Native American, former news correspondent. <laughs> and yet when I started to tell him my story about, um, you know, growing up in the projects of alcoholic parents, he said, my mom was a meth addict, and I was a human shield to protect my little brother. And immediately wow. we connected. We ended up, like, hugging. <laughs> and we <laughs> hugged. And, he, and who knew? And he bought my book, and he walked out of the door. And he, and he said he actually now works on a, a website for um, suicide prevention. It's incredible. I've, I've met so many people all across America who identify in one way or another with some kind of pain and how they've coped with it and what might be a better way of letting go of it. Oh, Hattie, yeah, wow. thank you. Um, I It was a joy to, to meet you and double joy to have you on the show. Oh, and we'll great. have to stay in touch. Thank you so much for taking the time. And um, sure. we'll look forward to, to keeping in touch and seeing what's going on. Okay. Talk to you later, guys. All right. Talk sounds great. Thanks. We hope what Hattie had to say is helpful to you as you overcome your challenges in life. We have more You Talk coming your way. Stick around. Values-based solutions. This is You Talk Radio. You talk. We listen. You Talk Radio. Taking your questions at 855-50-U-TALK. This is You Talk Radio with Steve, Larissa, and Katie. Before we get to someone that is going mad for some senior citizens, let's go to the phone with some calls. Our number here at Utah is 1-855-508-8255. We want to hear from you. And we're going to hear from someone named Jenna right now. Hey, Jenna. Hey, Jenna. Hey. Hey, so um, me and my best friend have been friends for about two and a half years. And just recently, I started dating this guy, and she's been acting really weird like she's been making fun of our relationship and she's been saying things online saying how we should break up and how I'm leaving for school in September and she says that it's our relationship is going to crumble and stuff do you know what's going on with that it sounds to me like your friend is jealous of your relationship I don't know if it's she feels like he's taking a place instead of her yeah how long have you been friends with her Jenna um I've been friends with her since uh our sophomore year about the middle of our sophomore year. And how long have you been dating this guy? It'll be five months on Tuesday. And what year are you in school? I am going to, I just graduated. All right, so you've been friends with her for a couple of years. You've been friends with the dude for uh, not quite six months. So there's, uh, yeah, I, I could understand a little bit of jealousy going on there. 
Especially yeah. since you probably known your friend a lot longer than you've known him. And I'm guessing that she probably thinks you're just like Katie was saying earlier, like trying to replace him. I mean, what you're doing is replacing her with him, is what I meant. I actually had several friends in high school who, when once they got in a relationship, it was like the guy was all that existed. All of us were just like disappeared off their radar. And it was like, where did, where did you go? Before anybody else kind of a thing, huh? Yeah. The Bay thing. It, yeah. And it was like, what happened here? Like, we're supposed to be your friends. Like, they drop you like a sack they of They do. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, yeah. I could see how that would make a friend jealous. Like, you're like, I was here before this dude. Like, you should still make room for me in your life. Do you still hang out with your friend? See her at all? Make sure, make time for her as well as your boyfriend? Yes, I do. Well, that's good that you're still spending time with her. I mean, because I think it's important that she knows that you're still her friend and that you value her. Yeah, and I think you've got to start asking some questions. Um, you know, Katie and Larissa, where I don't know what your take is on this, but but find out from this girlfriend, Jenna, why she's concerned. Is she jealous? Uh, is she feel like she's losing you? Uh, does she see something in this guy that maybe you don't? And she's concerned. Maybe it's she. She doesn't feel like it's going to be healthy. She just doesn't like him. She thinks that he's a problem. And but then I asked her. I was like, "Well, if you if you're concerned about it, have you talked to him?" And she said she doesn't have any desire to or really be friends with him or anything. So does she specifically say what she doesn't like about him? She just um, thinks that because we were friends in our sophomore year, but we never really um, we didn't date till our my senior year, and she just says that he hung out with a weird crowd and she just doesn't like some of his friends and she thinks that he has a bad past and things like that. So it sounds like she is worried about you and she's concerned about you. Does she have this pattern with your other friends where she kind of gets jealous if you're hanging out with one friend more than her? I have uh, other friends that are close too and um, I have another close friend of mine as well like a and she's going to be going off to school with me next year and stuff and sometimes um, she would get upset if I'd hang out with her or I'd call her my BFF as well. Oh, then there is kind of a pattern going on. That's not healthy at all. Yeah. No, so. it's not. <laughs> Well, you know, maybe you could try a different tactic, uh, Jenna, and, and involve this friend of yours and invite her over to hang out your house. Uh, go do something. Go shopping. You know, uh, go grab some, some coffee or whatever. Just involve her. And if she still makes up excuses, then I think you, you come to the conclusion, hey, there's something else that's going on here. You're not exactly sure what it is. Yeah, start to put a little distance between you and her. Uh, not cut her off entirely and then see what happens. You think it will help be beneficial? Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea because, you know, one, if you spend more time with her and him at the same time or, you know, in a, in a group setting, then you'll kind of know like, oh, hey, she, if she's warming up, then maybe, you know, this is working and she's really trying. But if she's not, then you maybe need to put the brakes and just say like, hey, I, I think you're really kind of taking things a little out of hand with, with yeah. how you're treating yeah. him. Yeah. And then you'll really know if she's a true friend. Okay. Jenna, thanks for calling. Appreciate you taking the time, and we hope uh, the ideas we've shared will be helpful to you. And remember, those of you that are listening, uh, give us a call, send us a text, send us an email if you've got relationship issues, because let's face it, we all do, no matter who we are and uh, no matter what the situation is. We're here to listen to you. It's all about you talking to us. Stay around. We've still got more You Talk after this. You Talk. We Listen. 
Call us at 855-50-U-TALK. 855-508-8255. It's U-Talk Radio. You're listening to U-Talk Radio with Steve, Larissa, and Katie. Besides taking your calls and responding to text messages and emails, we like to track what some of you have been doing to give back. We refer to this as, are you mad? Mad doesn't mean going crazy, although you could go crazy to make a difference because that's what mad stands for, make a difference. So what are you doing to make a difference in this world, to make it a better place? We took a mic out on campus to find out what people are doing to make a difference. Let's check out one of the responses. Are you mad? Making a difference. How are you giving back and what are you doing to make a difference? I volunteer with some elderly people at a retirement home near here. I know just the simple things that we can do, such as spending our time and bringing a smile to someone's face can really help as much as any other global, you know, world-saving thing. Charity starts at home. I think volunteering at retirement homes and, and assisted living facilities is a really important thing. My grandmother lives in a, in one of those nursing homes, and I know I, I go there and I see all the other people there. One time I actually sang for everyone, and, and they cool. looked so sad, but then they all perked up when I sang. So it's it's an important thing to do. It really is. It is. And, and, you know, part of the problem is those those dear people are being abandoned in many cases. Yes. Yeah. Some know? of them don't have people who want to visit them. No, 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 not at all. Katie, I heard you actually helped out at a place one time. I have volunteered at elderly homes, but I've also interned. When I was in nursing school, I interned at one for about nice. three, four months. And it was really, it was one of the hardest things I had to do because of seeing all of these poor people neglected. It's like their families would just bring them and just literally leave them there to like die and it was so sad yeah i i used to visit a friend and, until uh, he passed away he was an older man and and it was kind of sad um you know because he'd just kind of sit in his wheelchair humped over and and rarely had any visitors although i do have to say his family did visit him but outside of his family i was the only other visitor and like was said earlier just bringing a smile on somebody's face yeah That was so cool to see him smile and say, Steve, it's so good to see you. I think it's a really easy thing to do, especially as younger people, Mm -hmm. for us to grab a group of friends and to go out and find a nursing home. It could also be a hospital. Yes. Yeah. And just visiting somebody, it could just be singing a song, bringing flowers, balloons, just to kind of brighten up their day. It's really easy things we can do to make a difference in somebody's life. And yeah. not just at holidays. You know, I think that's the tendency to, hey, let's all get together. We'll go sing carols because it's Christmas time. Or That's a great thing to do. But what about the rest of the year? Yeah. Like you said, Larissa, there's lots of different things we could do to, to brighten their day. I've been several times. I've been caroling, you know, at the holidays. And then I've also been um, just normal times throughout the year and uh we painted like the elderly ladies um nails and like they just oh, loved it like, we had, yeah. Good idea. like we had conversations with them and like it's like a little beauty yeah, shop. yeah it is and like we set up a little you know we did their hair and their nails and and chatted and like i learned so much doing that because they have so much wisdom as elderly people so much they've lived through it's just fascinating to to talk to these guys and when i went caroling um these people were telling me like what it was like to like grow up and i have always do you know that thing you see in the movies where it's like 
uh, horse buggy and like you're out in the yeah, snow. Yeah. Well, a lot of these people were telling me that's actually how they grew up and Whoa, they would spend their wow. holidays doing that. And I was like, that was so cool to hear about. The good old days. Yeah. That's yeah. right. The simple days without traffic. Before smartphones and yeah. social media. Yes, exactly. And we actually had a lot of people thank us because they said, you know, we don't get a lot of visitors and it's so refreshing like that you guys just want to spend your time just talking to they would refer to themselves as old people like us and it's just it it really you do bring joy to these people well those of you listening this is a simple thing to do it doesn't cost anything but a little bit of time grab some friends pick a day a saturday a sunday an evening after school whatever it is and go make a difference in somebody's life who's lonely who could use a few smiles and a few laughs and if you are making a difference out there don't forget to tell us about it and maybe we'll spotlight you on the show. We'd love to share what you're doing so it'll inspire others to make a difference. You can go to utalkradio.com, hit us up on our social media, and you can also call us at 1-855-508-8255. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And remember, Utalk is all about you talking to us. Utalk Radio. (laughs) 